How's it going? How's everything going in your world? Good. Just uh, working and uh, just finished up a remix today, hopefully. So Ooh, I wonder yeah. what song. Super exciting. I can't really talk about it, um, but it's for somebody who is uh, somebody who I've wanted to work with for quite some time in the pop realm. So I'm oh. pretty excited about it. Oh, wow. The Lady yeah. Gaga one already came out, though, right? Yeah, yeah, that one came out. Um, and so this did, must be another big one. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely big. So okay. One of my favorite artists. So it was, it was kind of a manifestation. I kept talking about it for like a year, just talking about this one thing over and over again, like out at the club, like everywhere, just like in interviews and stuff. And, and so anyways, it finally kind of came mm-hmm. to fruition, so sweet that works manifesting works honestly like we've seen it firsthand the more you talk something into existence you write it down you just think about it and you kind of envision yourself like living that life or living that experience like that will gravitate towards you oh it's it's extremely true i make a vision board every single year um yeah all of the stuff that i've put on there has has come true in some fashion or form if not this year it'll be the next year you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah I think vision boards are important because there's yeah. moments where I'm like working a lot or just like don't feel motivation and I and the vision board takes me back to my why like okay yeah. there's reasons why I'm staying up so late there's reason why I'm sacrificing the things that I'm doing is to For get sure. there so yeah that vision board and the manifestation really really works all the time yeah but so where are you tuning in from uh, I'm in Los Angeles right now it's my it's my apartment. Hey, um, you got that yellow couch. I see. That's nice. Got the yellow couch <laughs> with the with the yellow with the yellow picture to match. Wait, hold on. Let me zoom in out there. The see? mustard couch. Mm-hmm. Oh, there yeah. it is. It's dangerous, but we love it. That's cool. <laughs> Hell yeah! So you live in LA full time? Yeah, I do. Um, I've lived here a long time actually. I've been in LA since like uh, 2013, 2012. I can't remember. 2013. Okay. Did music take you out to LA? Um, yes, it did. Uh, I used to I used to make like trap in Jersey Club and like back in the uh, like early trap wave like of 2012. Um, I sort of like had a little bit of a shot. Like I was signed to an agency and like had managers and stuff and toured with Flostradamus for a little bit. Um, oh wow, under Little Texas or was it? Yeah, under time? Little Texas. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I have a boiler room set from 2012, actually. Yeah, I was actually listening to one of your previous interviews, and I remember hearing you talking about that boiler room set. It's pretty sick. It's so. pretty cringe, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything from 2012 is pretty cringe, I will say. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were pretty much everything. It was good. Played a lot of Jersey Club back then. <laughs> but fast forwarding now, um, so we went to Miami, and you were supposed to play at Ultra, but instead you went to Masters of Hardcore. So, like, how was that? Um, it was, was it worth it? It was, it was worth it. Yeah. I mean, like as an American, like you go play masters of hardcore. Like, mm-hmm. that's the deal. Um, and I was the only American on the lineup. It was the 25th anniversary of masters of hardcore's the magnum opus. Um, so it's like play a 30,000 person indoor event uh, on a good stage at a good time or play at like 2 PM. Um, right. And like, I, but the, the real reason was I just couldn't get there. There were no flights. Um, so I would have gone, but due to my set time being so early, I had to kind of like make a decision um, on what to do. I hadn't been in Europe. I hadn't like, you know, done anything for the European fan base in like two and a half years. Um, and yeah, I definitely made the right decision though. It was, it was, it was epic. And there was only a very, very small amount of people who were like, what? Why would you miss Ultra? And I'm like, yeah. But everyone else was like, bro, you don't even need to explain yourself. It's masters yeah. of hardcore. Like, shut up. Like, it's all good. Is it um, Belgium or the Netherlands? Where was it's it? It's in the Netherlands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They've Outside. been pumping the hard dance festivals this month, this past month or two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're back in full swing and like everything's going super good over there. It was really fun. Um, 
felt like normal again. I mean, even more energy, I think now, because they were so deprived for so long. Mm-hmm. Did you need a COVID test to get into the Netherlands? No, but I needed one to get back. Yeah. Okay. okay. We saw that because we're flying back from Europe in June and we were just looking at all the requirements. It seems kind of odd that they're still requiring Americans to get tested coming in. Yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe in a couple more months, but things are really feeling very, very normal. Mm-hmm. Um, there was very few people masked up in uh, Netherlands, in Amsterdam, at least it was very, very mellow. Um, so, but it was, it was cool. I mean, there, mm-hmm. I can't explain it. Like you have to just see like a room of 12, literally 12,000 people in one room mm-hmm. listening to, you know, hardcore at five in the morning. I'm listening to your thousand BPM. <laughs> I didn't go to thousand in Europe. I did, the two, I did 250. We went up to 250. Yeah. I feel like if you were in the Netherlands, I don't think they would really appreciate that or they wouldn't they would not like that. I don't know. I just Maybe. feel like Europeans are a little more critical when it comes to hard mm-hmm. dance, whereas in the U.S. it's still a little new, I feel like. And so people sure. are open to it and open-minded. And even just people like house sets, techno, like you can really pl- pretty much play anything out here. But I feel like in the Netherlands, maybe they're a little more critical, especially because they all yeah, love hardcore I definitely, I definitely like was nervous about like doing the, the pants off. You know, I was like, should I do it? Should I do it? And like, I did it um, just because I was like, don't be a fucking bitch, dude. And so like, I (laughs) did it. Don't pussy out. It's your brand. I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. people were expecting that anyway. Like if people had been following you, they probably would have been surprised if you didn't take the pants off. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and so it was cool. And I don't know, it was just interesting that there was a lot of fans, there was a lot of people there and they knew what was, they knew the music, you know? And Mm -hmm. I did take the set, I don't want to say more seriously, but I definitely like brought the hardcore up-tempo like vibe. You know, I, when I play over there, I usually start at 205, 200, um, go up from there, um, which they expect. Uh, So that's fun for me, actually. If I could do that all the time, I probably would. But um, yeah, so it was kind of cool. And it was definitely a little more like, all right, I'm gonna show you guys what I'm about. Like, I'm representing the entire country of mm-hmm. the United States. So mm-hmm. like, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw the fuck down. And I'm gonna like, you know, do this in a way that uh, these people are gonna remember and bring a level of entertainment, showmanship and performance. Um, that I think, at least my goal is to ha- like, you know, have it be hard to, to replicate or like mm-hmm. have it on parallel, you know, it's unparalleled, I guess. Yeah. That's just my goal, you know, so. I do have mm-hmm. to ask, I mean, since the pants got brought up, um, have you ever hit anyone when you've thrown your pants and your clothes back? Like what's the best story surrounding <laughs> that? Accident? Oh, there's a video <laughs> of like my photographer, like me, like, like I was like, Cause there's sometimes when I just like lose my shit, like, and I just like mm-hmm. feel like the fucking Joker up there, and I'm just like in in a different universe. Like, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, like performers talk about that kind of stuff, and like, but I I really do like when it really picks up, and I'm hitting like two two hundred ten, you know, and like I'm like really in it. Shit's getting weird, and like. <laughs> Pull the belt off, you yeah, know, and the cowboy boots and everything. Totally, totally. Oh, yeah, the yeah. boots come off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you got to be theatrical about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you throw them, like, people will notice that you threw them as opposed to taking them off and just putting them on the ground. Yeah. So I, like, threw them up at Wasteland. And, like, my videographer's like... <laughs> That's our video. That's our video. <laughs> That's why I asked, because we were right behind you when you did that. And oh, really? Then, yes, he got that video, and we, we thought it was the funniest thing, because they were just that going rogue. Like- well, oh, I, I would see you, I would see you like taking off the belt and the pants and then so I got snippets of that and I stitched it into a reel and that yeah, was yeah, the video so. on the okay separate yeah, account so I'm putting it all together yeah, now. that, that was us <laughs> we were inspecting the beats during that set you know it was our duty we had to get that moment on camera yeah yeah I mean <laughs> the only like the only like backlash I've gotten some like backlash though for it um because people like genuinely thought I like exposed myself at EDC which Mm -hmm. I didn't I had a cowboy hat over my uh my dick and um I mean I'm not gonna like flash my fucking cock like while I'm fucking DJing you know what I mean like I don't know but like just think I did pop half of Viagra before that set just in case (laughs) no you is this true yeah I'm serious I'm dead ass serious 
Um, Bro. Yeah, I, t- I took half of Viagra. And uh, just because I was like, well, what if the hat falls down? Like, I definitely need to, like, be, like. Go up. Yeah, you know, I need to be, like. Be prepared, full, yeah. You know, full <laughs> flaccid cock potential. Oh, um, Lord. People would get that on video. Oh, for sure, for sure. But it, it worked out. But anyways, this girl, there was, there was this girl and then this other friend of mine, actually, who were, like, subtweeting me, being like, oh, this hard style DJ exposed full frontal nudity at EDC. How can Insomniac be okay with this? And I was like, a hard style DJ? You mean me? Like, yeah, like me just Sam? at me. <laughs> the person that has your phone number who's talked to you on the phone before? Like, are you out of your mind? Like, what, what, what world are you living in? So I almost got kicked off of a festival in Edmonton. Yeah, they like called me. My agent was like, pants are staying on in Edmonton, dude. I had to like fight to get you back on this lineup. And I was like, why? Because, and so like these girls had like, hit up the promoters and be like, he exposed himself. He sexually harassed 5,000 people or whatever at EDC and like, yeah. (laughs) That is mind blowing that people go to that extent to like come after you just for something that's on brand. Yeah, I know. It's like, I said I was going to do it for an entire year. I was like, I'm Mm -hmm. going to get naked. And I have a nice ass. I hit the squats and the glute extensions Mm -hmm. hard. I am working on this ass to make it the best man ass in EDM. And listen, honey, if you don't like it, you can just not come, you know? Yeah. You can just kindly go F yourself <laughs> or, or just stay home and watch the live stream, you know? Yeah. Or just stay home and watch or just, the live stream. Or just don't say anything. Like people are just, yeah, the internet is something else. Like it's there's a funny time. Like, I know there's right? this one funny video of Chrissy like we were watching Excision's live stream and her yeah. boyfriend is high zombie like I don't know if you've heard of him but you know mm-hmm. Excision was dropping one of his tracks and I got a video of Chrissy like headbanging you know and going crazy she's like that's my boyfriend's song and I got a funny video of it posted it as a reel and this guy was like high zombie is trash this music is trash and it's like then don't if you don't like it, then why are you following the account? And he's like, yeah. this trash showed up on my feed. You can blame the Instagram algorithm for showing this trash. <laughs> That's like, ridiculous. I just don't get it. But I mean, the, the bottom line is that you always have to, you're always going to have those people who are against what you're doing or they don't want to see you successful. But like, you have to not internalize that and just kind of remember why you're doing what you're doing and, and just turn all of that chatter into something positive. Oh, absolutely. And like, if anybody's listening and is like dealing with that stuff and like you're a new DJ or something or on the rise and experiencing some backlash, like, uh, you know, the best, the best route is to just not respond ever. Like I rarely, rarely respond unless I really have something truly witty and funny that I can like flip it on its head and just undeniable wit and funniness. Like, but even then I don't even engage most of the time because it just causes more issues. But like, Mm -hmm. ultimately the haters are, they're just going to make you bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And if they really hated you, they would just not talk about you. That would actually be the like proper move to like Mm -hmm. hurt somebody's like potential. I would say, um, there you go. Pro tip haters, just shut the fuck up. Um, but, uh, Mm -hmm. Bye. Like, Bye. <laughs> so yeah, I just like don't engage and, and ultimately it's like a good thing. And, and really haters are just confused admirers. So that's like really all it is. And know? I mean, it's free publicity, right? Too, all exactly. the chatter. All pub is good pub. Mm-hmm. Well, also, if you don't have any haters, then you must not be doing something right. You're not killing it. Sorry, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. You're not doing something right if you don't have any haters. So that's how I see it. I mean, speaking of haters, a lot of people are hating on OnlyFans nowadays. Like, what's it like in that world? Because you have an OnlyFans, don't you? I did. I mean, I do, and I did. Um, I don't do it anymore. Okay. I just—it's just—it's too much work. Um, yeah. You know, it's but full-time job, the, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it does take a lot of work. I was surprised at like how proactive you needed to be. I needed to be on there to really like do it um but like I did very very well for like two and a half months oh I bet Um, (laughs) I bet that you have yeah given the (laughs) given the man ass um more than that uh it's more than that definitely more than that Um, but uh uh, if people people didn't see at EDC they could just go to your OnlyFans (laughs) yeah or just on Twitter because the little monsters leaked all of my nudes after the Lady Gaga remix come on monsters yeah yeah 
it was it's so always bad. something with Twitter too, though. It was so funny. Like there was like these articles that were like DJ Little Texas remixes Lady Gaga and Elton John, and it's like a picture of me DJing, but then like right next to it is just like a picture of me holding my dick, like completely nude. And That's like, what sells. That's what gets clicks. <laughs> literally, I was That's like, great clickbait right there. <laughs> this is so hilarious. I was like, thanks for including the music, guys, but also like yeah. whatever, you know. Hey. Also, um, go stream it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like out of the OnlyFans loop. Like, I really don't really know what's going on with it. Um, I just stopped. It just I was just focused on music and doing like other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it while while I did, and and I know I brought some uh I guess some joy to certain people's lives, you know. I was explicit. I did. I did it all. So you got that, and then you got Little Texas. You got Diamond Dallas too. What's going on with that? Yeah, yeah. That's been sort of a uh, cool little new avenue of uh, you know exploration, creativity, and or with my creativity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it started like just doing these like underground kind of BDSM parties. Excuse me, in LA. Uh, I was like, yo, let me DJ. Let me DJ, bro. Like, I want to DJ your party. So I ended up like DJing these parties um, and then like Space Yacht got wind of it. So I like DJed a Space Yacht and then I played like an EDC Orlando party with Space Yacht on one of like the little stages, like Corona Beach or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so from there, like I've been periodically booked for it and like done some like pop ups at like I did another Space Yacht and then we like did a show in Vegas. So like here and there I was just doing it doing underground things, posting content from it. Um, and then, so I kind of just decided to uh, start start making some techno. I was kind of, you know, I had wrapped up the album pretty much and I was like, okay, like maybe like, let's take a break. Let's slow down maybe mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and like, you know, literally and figuratively um, and do this other project. And like, you know, so Mousetrap had hit us up about, you know, like, hey, do you guys have any demos? Like, we're kind of keen on this, like, Diamond Dallas thing. It seems like people are pretty excited Damn, about it. they hit you up. That's Yeah, sick. yeah. For, Damn. like, it was cool for, like, not having released anything, really, mm-hmm. and just, like, it all being word of mouth. Um, so, yeah, anyways, I, like, wrote an EP. Um, it was with them in mind, to a degree. But uh, I wrote an EP. They signed it. Um, and so it'll be out in May. The first single is, like, May 14th. Um, damn hell yeah congrats thank you thank you I leaned I you know I saw this trend of like hard techno and like fast Mm -hmm. like 155 almost leaning hardcore gabber being like very trendy and cool and like Europe and here and like in the underground parties I see these DJs playing 155 just pushing it and to me like I love that music like obviously I love that music it's fast it's hard it sounds like hardcore Mm -hmm. but I wanted to sort of like pivot the other direction um, with my project uh, in that regard and I don't know why like it you'd think I'd make like 160 techno like you'd think I'd lean into the faster stuff but, mm-hmm. but I actually leaned a little bit slower um, and I pulled from like the EBM sort of industrial goth uh, wave of like the early 90s mm-hmm. while like making it appeal to like a big room EDM fan base you know um, I'm not I'm not necessarily ever really trying to appeal I don't know. I don't know if I, yeah. I just wanted to appeal to the most people, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. pretty fun. It's like groovy. It's fun. It's techno, but it's, it's got some other influences in there. Yeah. It's also cool when artists who are typically producing one genre can like step aside and start creating different subgenres, new types of music that they don't typically create. I feel like it just shows that you're versatile and it almost works out another side of your brain in a way. Definitely, definitely. It was, it was, a, it was a different palette that I sort of needed to wrap my head around. Um, and I went a little more, I did notice like going a little more deep into the sound design aspect and um, yeah, I just made some like groovy kind of like underground, but like could be played in a big room vibes. It was like, okay, this is going to work for like 200 people, but this is also going to work at the Palladium. Um, for example, you know, the 3,000, 3,500 cap, you know, um so I wanted to like blend those two things where you could feel the like underground there's like some dude getting whipped in the fucking corner or whatever (laughs) you know that red lights like chain link fences and like blood rave um but also have this like yeah but like the average EDM fan if they like walk by is going to be like well that's interesting I kind of like this you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you have any shows lined up for Diamond Dallas (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I'm doing a little thing in Vegas. Uh, May, May, like a day party on a Sunday, May Ooh, 1st. Cool. Um, a pool party or something? Yeah, pool party. Holy house. Uh, Hell they yeah. do a, they would, they were doing it at night, but now they're doing it during the day. So I'm doing that. And then, uh, I've got a set at EDC actually, which I haven't announced, but yeah. on an art car. Yeah. On the art car, on the mousetrap art car. Oh, Let's go. Hell yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So that'll be Sunday. And that's all that I've got really right now. Um, we're kind of, we're taking the, like, we're taking the route of not playing to like grow demand and grow the like fee um, which what like I couldn't do with Little Texas like initially as much because like I needed to eat and pay for this yeah. apartment. Um, that so, LA like, life. Yeah, like life, you know. Um, but but obviously, you know, you don't take anything too low. But um, I've like worked my way up in that regard. But with Diamond Dallas, like I don't I don't have to do that because like I've already got this other project that's running. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of like trying to hold back and like take the right offers and like really do this thing like the, in the most impactful way that we can for like upward mobility, you know? Mm-hmm. Quality over quantity. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it, but, it, but it's hard when you like need to take the offer because you have to pay rent, you know? Yeah, I mean, that also kind of goes back to branding 101. So I work as a brand manager for a university and something that I learned actually from my boss about branding, you know, logos and like just, organizations is that it has to be real relevant and rare and like that rare part really hits on what you were talking about with the diamond dallas like not just taking every offer that comes to you but like being selective and like actually having a reason for taking it absolutely i i think that that's you know when everyone turns right maybe turn left you know um if everybody's doing something it might be uh it might behoove you to do something else yeah um Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been a, a big mantra for me, just in general. I don't really have a problem with it though. Some people have a hard time with that. I don't, I've always been fucking weird. So mm-hmm. like, it's kind of easy for me to be like, well, if they're all, cause I'm kind of a hipster. So I'm like, oh, if they're all doing it. Oh, that's not cool. Too many people are doing it. I have to do something else now. It's gotta be cool, you know? Well, it's gotten you far yeah. so far. Yeah, I guess. Why be average? Like... <laughs> I feel like you'd be living a very boring life if you were average, so. Yeah. No, thanks to that. No okay. masters of hardcore on average people. No, no, no. <laughs> definitely not. Well, I think this is actually a good segue into our submitted questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a fuck ton. <laughs> Dude, we have received more submitted questions for your interview than ever before for any, uh, anyone else. So we won't get through all of them, but we picked like our top, what do we got here? Like seven, eight questions. Mm-hmm. So we'll try what was that? Run as many as you want. <laughs> you better get ready. Some of these are really tough. Okay. Some of these are pretty funny too. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So first one is from Jackie. She's actually on our street team. Cool. So she asked, why are you naked all the time? Uh, I, you know, it gets hot when I DJ. I get, I get hot and I need to breathe. My, my body needs to breathe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. One day I just decided <laughs> to take my pants off. I thought it would be funny. I was like, this would be funny if I took my pants off. Everyone will talk. It was during the freak show live stream. It was during the pandemic. We did a live stream that I hosted and I was like, I'm going to take my pants off. I was it with Insomniac? Yeah, it was with Insomniac. And then it became this like sort of tradition that like I was taking my pants off and like running around on stage in my boxers. But I really do like feel free. There's like a moment right when I do it where I'm like, oh, do I look good? <laughs> I'm like, does my dick, is my package look good? Like, fuck, like, am I like shriveled right now? It's like, I don't know, you know, like, cause you know, you never know. Um, but then I like get free and I'm like, oh man, I feel free. And I'm running around in my boxers and it's just hilarious. Now I'm like seeing fans. Like I got fans like taking their pants off. You You're know? starting a movement. Yeah, we're starting a movement. It's good. Literally, Free, yeah. Freedom. Pretty sure I saw some cowboys that were mm-hmm. trying to mimic you in the wasteland crowd when we yeah, were there like we went in the crowd yeah we went in the crowd for a little bit i'm pretty sure i saw some cowboy guys <laughs> just like with the hat <laughs> and like shirtless oh yeah they're like boxers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah a follow-up question to that though like on show days when you're getting dressed do you pick out your nicest boxers or are there certain pairs that you know that you need to be wearing for that absolutely absolutely i definitely wear like the sort of like i don't go like too tight you know um definitely a little bit of breathing room Sometimes I just like, just throw whatever. 
Um, I've got ones that say like Hollywood on the back that my mom bought me actually for Christmas years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Uh, she hates it. She's like, put Aww. your pants on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I actually like just made an order for like a bunch of like unique boxers, you know, like leopard mm-hmm. print, cheetah print, um, and stuff like that. So we're we're taking it to the next level. Yeah, I was about to say you should get some sponsorships or something like, hey, if you send me some underwear or pay me, I'll rep it. (laughs) Yeah, I really should do that. I think somebody is sending me some underwear from Europe or something. I don't know. Oh my God, how funny. (laughs) Love it. That's hilarious. Okay, Um, next question for you. This is from Mr. Joe Rath, who is also on our street team. I love Joe. What is your favorite gym lift? What is my favorite gym? Good question. Hmm. Probably the incline dumbbell press. I really think the incline dumbbell press is probably my favorite lift. That and like any sort of like big row. Like I really, really like to like do big rows. Um, mm-hmm. I can back. tell. Yeah, working <laughs> on the back. I, my back is like pretty good. It's one of my like genetic strong points. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have a genetic strong point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, probably the incline dumbbell press. It's just like the best. It's like the best, you know what I mean? And, and it's not the bench press, which is just like a stupid ego. Mm-hmm. You know, you lift long enough, you stop bench pressing. Um, so yeah, bent, big bent over rows, like T-bar rows or uh, definitely the incline dumbbell press. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And side laterals, side laterals for the delts. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to try that next time we hit the gym. Hopefully yeah. tonight do it <laughs> well tonight <laughs> is like day for me so Oof. gotta get those booty gains for the summer you know good, good luck you know what sister. i'm saying i know what you're saying i hate it i i'm a squat girl i like squats but That's cool. it's a love and hate relationship I yeah, would say. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right next one uh from gordito underscore s310 <laughs> he asked when are you dropping the cookbook Oh man, that has been the biggest question lately. So I finished the cookbook. I finished it. It's done. Um, it's a scheduling issue that I can't, I keep them like, all right, are we going to release it this week? And then something happens. And then like, it's an actual music release and like music has to take the priority over the fitness stuff, which like I have to remind myself of sometimes actually. Um, and like, it's like, you know, I don't know, I'll like eat like 1500 calories on a day. I have a show and I'm like, I got to get shredded. And I'm like, why do I feel horrible? <laughs> you know, anyways, but uh, it's a scheduling issue. So as soon as I can work it into my schedule, which should be after the techno EP, um, I'm going to like drop it. And it's pretty expansive and explains my diet. And it explains like dieting in general, um, at least the way to like, I believe is the most sustainable way to diet um that isn't that it doesn't deprive you of like essential macronutrients aka fucking carbs yeah um it does deprive you of fat a little bit but like it's not that necessary um in my experiences that i don't need fat like oil and things like that to make good food i do not need it um it is it is sort of unnecessary um if you have physique goals you know what I mean that that you're trying to achieve um and so for me that's kind of like that's the essence of the book that it's like you don't pull the carbs you pull the fat out of your diet Mm -hmm. so you can eat more carbs and eat more protein and eat actual food and not be starving and then like not running into the risk of like depriving yourselves of carbs for a month and a half getting great results doing keto of course like you're gonna get fucking results, but you're gonna try carbs eventually. And you know what's gonna happen? You're not gonna be able to put the lid back on. You're just not. And so that's where my diet comes in. Um, and it's better for just like overall like physique development as well. You can come down while making gains and like not look uh it's really you know weird like you see people who do keto for like six months straight, they just go crazy and they look kind of weird. Mm-hmm. when they like come down to like whatever weight they get to they're kind of like you know. <laughs> deprived <laughs> yeah it's just a straight it's just a weird look it's like a wet noodle look i can't a wet it. noodle yeah because i've done it i've, done it. I've seen <laughs> both ways you know anyways 
I have to ask though, so are they printed? Like, how's that gonna work, the publishing? I'm gonna definitely do digital copies. Um, I'm looking into the print copies right now. There's like services that you can just like, it's like a drop ship service essentially mm -hmm. through like Amazon. So they'll like print them as needed, but I'll definitely run like 100, maybe 200 of them. Yeah, collector's items. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. How many pages is it? If you were to print There's it? There's 35 recipes, I think, in it. Um, 15 breakfast recipes and like, 20 uh kind of dinner lunch sort of things and I, I I'm you know like I replicated like a Portillo's Italian beef I like did a bunch of pizzas like waffles French toast like how to basically like eat food you would probably want to normally eat but like the right substitutions and the way to like make them you know calorically low but physically almost the same as the regular item you know damn can you be our chef at edc shit <laughs> but i also like to cook like a bunch of grimy food too like i'm a pretty good cook i used to be a chef or not a chef but i used to be a line cook at a at a really nice restaurant in downtown LA. so i do know how to cook mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i can tell that's that's awesome well we'll be on the lookout around may or june for that cookbook after the techno ep yeah yeah um, our next question is from Reyes Ayes. Why is it little Texas? We thought everything was bigger in Texas. It was my Twitter name from like back in like 2011. Like, like when like Riff Raff had just come out and like everybody had like fake rapper names. Like it was like trendy to have like a sort of fake rapper name. And I was like influenced by this guy, Lil Internet, who uh, I, I was a friend of mine from Boston. Still know him. Him and his, his uh, I think his ex-girlfriend uh Bridget little little she was little government um and uh it was like really early Twitter days really early SoundCloud days like deconstructed club and like that movement was happening ghetto gothic was like a popping ass party in New York uh like I don't know I was like pretty heavily in the underground community but he uh I really liked what he was doing um just in general with his branding and his overall like visual aesthetic and like where he was pulling his influences from. He was working for Carmeluke at the time. Um, and so I was like, oh, it'd be funny if it was Lil Texas or a friend of mine was like, you should be Lil Texas. Cause it's like a play on, you know, whatever. But there's also mm -hmm. a band, Little Texas. Little. So, yeah, Little. they're a popular country band. Actually. Oh, wow. There you go. Country. It's just stuck. Right. I don't really have an option at this choice that at this point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Too far in too far in you know people think I'm a rapper <laughs> but then they discover I'm a hardcore DJ yeah. and like I don't know it's just, it all I it, yeah it I remember when I first saw your name on a lineup like I don't know who you were and I was like is that like a rapper or like who's yeah. little Texas and I remember looking you up <laughs> and I was like oh shit it's a complete opposite <laughs> what I thought there you go branding guerrilla marketing right there yeah literally all right this next one right here is from Omar Cerro does the hat stay on during sex? The hat has stayed on during sex before. Yes, absolutely. Um, but most of the time the hat does not stay on. It's hard to kiss with the hat on. Yeah. It's kind of like kissing say, with it's, glasses. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. really pointy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like these like kind of tacky rocker caps. Um, <laughs> and like, I don't look very good with like a regular cowboy hat. Like my head is sort of too thin and small. So it looks like I'm wearing like a 10 gallon hat when yeah. I have like just a regular cowboy hat on. Like it doesn't work for me. So I have to wear the ones that are bent like this. Um, the plus I like ones. them. They're very like Brett Michaels vibes. Mm -hmm. um, who's one of my biggest influences in general. Just a, just overall great dude. Rock yeah. love. Probably the yeah. best reality show ever. Maybe the best reality show ever. Ooh, those were the days. Daisy of Love is really good too. If you haven't seen the spinoff, I have it. It is so good. That's on E, right? Or VHS? Uh, I think you can watch them all on Hulu. Oh, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Daisy, it's just the opposite of Rock of Love. And it's like a bunch of late 2000s douchebags. Oh, and it's so good. <laughs> Cringy. Well, shit, Hulu's like the only subscription I don't have I have like HBO and Prime Netflix Hulu is like the only one I don't have I even have Disney plus like what the fuck <laughs> Disney plus slaps <laughs> it does more. I love Disney plus right um we have one more question for you on the submitted questions round um it's from Bauer Max 
Will you make 200 BPM dubstep? Probably not. But what I would do was I would, because like, how would it be dubstep? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how would it be dubstep? Like, if it was dubstep, if it had the, you know, yeah. like, it would have to be at 100 BPM, actually. You would really feel that at 100 BPM. It wouldn't be 200 BPM um, because it has to do with the quarter note you know, mm -hmm. where you're feeling the quarter note. So like my music is at 200 BPM. It's not at 100 BPM. It's at 200 BPM. Yeah, exactly. Is... <clears throat> when that question came up, I was like, isn't that, isn't that hardcore? That, defi <laughs> that defies the boundaries of the genre dubstep. Yeah, yeah I think it like, I, like... <laughs> it just wouldn't be 200 BPM. It would, it would, yeah. it would make it 100 BPM. You know what I mean? Um, but I, what I would do was I have toyed around with the idea of um, doing like a collab with like a large dubstep artist um, yeah. and doing like a raw style sort of mesh where like one drop is raw and then one drop is mm -hmm. dubstep. So I've, I've talked to some people. You know, people, people love mixing dubstep with hard dance now. For sure. For sure. And I don't think anybody's like really doing like raw style properly Mm -hmm. with dubstep I think they do like some like kind of like four on the floor stuff that's like leaning hard style leaning hard dance but it's not like proper raw like you're not hearing like a gated kick you're not hearing like a true raw style kick yeah the beat, beat, like beat. like Kezo basically like Kezo you know he'll mix like rocktronic but like hard style and a little bit of dubstep yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's always but, yeah. like reverse bass or something or like sort mm -hmm. of like a straight kick that's not like that raw yeah sound you know you know, I feel like you would, you and Subtronics would make a pretty sick collab. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he knows, you know, Subtronics knows his hardcore. He knows his up Does he? Too. Yeah, he knew wow. when that little, so you guys saw the thing on the internet, like last week of the kid um, in his room when he like defeats the people on like Warzone or whatever the hell he's playing, Call of Duty. Whenever he like makes a kill, he like has a rave and he plays like hardcore. I saw that going around. Yeah. The okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, one of the videos was like a year old. He's been doing this for a long time. For some reason, it just blew up last week. But this kid has been doing this for like a year. Um, and, and so anyways, people were tagging me a year ago. Subtronics saw it. And he was like, is that unicorn on ketamine? And I was like, good ear, dude. Like, how do you even know that that was unicorn on ketamine first and foremost? Like, that's like kind of a little deep tier up tempo. Mm -hmm. um, popular, but still like niche. And I was just like impressed. I was like, damn, bro, like you kind of know you're up tempo, huh? And so wow. he's, he's a little bit of a fan. Yeah. He won't drop it at Red Rocks on Thursday. I doubt it. I doubt <laughs> he should. He should. All the all the wooks would be pissed. Yeah. They'd be like, what the Imagine. fuck is this up tempo shit? Peep kids. They wouldn't even they wouldn't even know what up tempo is. They'd just be like, take this off. All the yeah, wooks. Some little get Texas going. shit. Fuck this. <laughs> right. They would say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we can move into our lightning round. Let's go. What is the lightning round? What is the lightning round? So lightning round is just, we're just going to throw some questions at you. It's supposed to be like quick answers, but some of them obviously require a longer answer. So, you know, we'll just, we'll just throw the questions at you and answer as you go. Okay. I'm ready. Born ready. All right. First one. Where do you get your cowboy hats? Uh, these tacky rocker shops in Hollywood um off of hollywood boulevard they're like called like hot rock and and shit like that so they have like the ones with like the skulls and the american flags and um they have like uh, they have like punk stuff there too you can get like you know barbed wire chains and like trick pants and stuff but there's always a little section in those stores where there's like tacky rocker like rob zombie vibe stuff so that's mm -hmm. where i go you should get a sponsorship from them yeah made. i know i should all right, this is going to be the hardest question you have to answer probably in your whole life, actually. Okay. All right, fuck, marry, kill. Kazo, audio freak, dead X. Fuck, marry, kill. Okay, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry dead X because he's my bestie. And I know that we'll, we'll get along, um, long-term we're going to get along long. I've known him for, for like 10 years. Um, it's my, it's my broski. 
we're really like, literally are like brothers. We went to college together. Um, and uh, we've been through a lot together, a lot. Is he a good cook? He is a pretty good cook. He's definitely a good cook. And he's like into the gym and he's into hard style. And like, we're just boys. And like, he's, uh, I, uh, I'm sober and in recovery. He's in recovery too. Um, and so like, we, we get along. We've been through like hell and back. Um, so we have a long history. Lived in Boston, LA, out here now. Um, hell yeah. Now this is the hard one though. Fuck and kill. Who am I going to kill? Choose wisely. I'm, <laughs> fuck, man. I'm going to fuck audio freak, man. I'm going to fuck audio freak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fuck audio freak. And I'm gonna, word? Yeah. And I'm going to kill Kazo because, no. because he didn't want to be a primary feature on Need You. And, and he made me put him as a feature because of some scheduling shit. You hear that, Hayden? You hear that? No, nah, oh, I, I really I'm just fucking around. Um, no I comment. actually love Hayden is the man. <laughs> Hayden is, is the shit. But like, that's hard, man. That's a that's a mm-hmm. really hard one. It's um, a loaded question. I know it's super loaded. I really hope he doesn't see that. Um, <laughs> don't worry, we have other snippets we can use on TikTok. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fuck Audio Freak, man. I'm gonna fuck Audio Freak. I don't know. I don't know. Just he seems spicy, you mm-hmm. know. There's a lot he doesn't show on the surface, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend's taller than him, you know? I saw like, that yesterday. Yeah, in the elevator. Yeah, yeah. That's that says something about a man, you mm-hmm. know? So I think he probably can uh, lay it down. He can hang. He's probably sure. a freak in the sheets. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Aiden. I love you, man. Audio love- freak in the sheets. I also really don't care that you're a feature. Just, just to make that clear. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> For the record. <laughs> For the record. But I know what you were up to, brother. <laughs> also uh we did when we got all the submitted questions there were at least like 20 people not kidding like 20 people who submitted the same fucking question of like who is dead x and why is he so sexy and um and i'm like was this like was this posted in a repost chain or what the fuck because everyone was posting the exact same no way shouts. yeah yeah literally i have no idea I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll, I can give a little more of an introduction. This, it's my boy, Trevor. He's been a friend of mine forever. Um, we've made music together. We went to college together. We went to music school in Boston together. Um, and we've been friends for a very, very long time. And uh, I think he was making trap and stuff and I was making hardcore. And I was like, oh, dude, check out the shit I've been making. You know, like I'm doing hardcore and stuff now. It's going really well for me, whatever. Um, I think he was like in rehab or something. And like, he'd like just gotten out of rehab. And I'm like, well, dude, I'm like, I'm like kind of like touring and shit now, dude. Like it's kind of like actually happening for me, bro. And he was like, whoa, crazy. So anyways, you know, I'm sending him tracks. I'm like, check this out, dude. And and like a couple months later, a year later, he's like, man, like, I got to tell you something. Like, dude, all I've been doing is listening to hardcore and like hard dance and like raw and and hard style. He's like, and like, man, like there's no future for me in trap music. Like, fuck, man. Like I kind of want to like pivot out. And, you know, I told him, I was like, bro, like, I'll help you, dude. Like, you're like my, you're a brother to me. Like, I will, I'll do what I can to like help you. I mean, obviously it's going to be on you, but like, you know, like I'm more than happy to help you, dude. Like you're my fucking brother, dude. Um, And so anyways, he's really starting to come together and like make some serious music and the stuff that he's sitting on. I'm like extremely impressed with. Um, And the dude is like, the dude has done what I did in the beginning, which was like, learn the music quickly learn the music and really breathe, live and breathe the music. It is your lifeblood. It's on in the gym. It's on in the car. You know, all the artists, you keep up with the releases. You are in it because you love it. Um, and he's done that. And so it's like vocab um, in his production over the past like couple months has like grown tremendously. Um, and I think it's due to just like becoming more and more familiar with the music, which, which, you know, if anybody's listening and is, is interested in some of my theories regarding that and getting better, I think that that's just like a huge key is like, you like learn the music and you learn the vocabulary behind it mm-hmm. by emulating people that you like, actually by sort of copying people, um, and being a little rigid in the early phases where you, you hear a fill and you replicate that fill, you hear a kick and you try to make a kick similar, not exact, but similar. Mm-hmm that has the same effect that, that, that the kick has. So it's like, I don't need to like make a up-tempo kick like cryogenic, but like if I like that sort of high pitch kind of heavily distorted wide drum, like 
well, I'll try to make a kick drum that's heavily distorted and wide, but not the same. Um, and so he's done a great job doing that. And I'm really excited for where he's, he's kind of going with this stuff. And uh, he looks good, man. We got, he got shredded too. He got shredded and jacked per the, per the little Texas cookbook diet macro training program. I trained him. Um, there you go. Testimonial. Damn. Testimonial. Yeah. He's mm -hmm. jacked and shredded. Well, Damn shit. Man. Maybe uh, FBI can get some ex exclusive look on that because we're trying to get shredded here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but we also up. we also got Joe Rath anyway. Joe yeah. Rath knows what he's doing. <laughs> he, he does. He has doing. us on the Rath routine. That's so. good. That's good. I'll send you the cookbook too if you want to, like, you know, take a gander at it. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Would love do that. a little little case file on the cookbook. Oh yeah. Yes. All right. Next one here. How many tattoos do you have? Hmm. It's like somewhere between like 45 and maybe like 60, somewhere in there. Sheesh. Some of them the... I like can't count, you know, like there's like, you know, like there's like tiny little ones that were done at different times. You know, I've got like these little guys on my thumbs. I've got this little like, you know, just little stick and pokes I gave myself like randomly, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'd say probably around like between 45 and 65, like all in. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Damn. What was the most painful one? Uh, okay. So a lot of people ask me this all the time and the most extreme pain in the moment, although it was very short and I wouldn't say it was my most painful tattoo, but it did hurt the worst in that moment was the very bottom of my fingers right near the cuticle. Oh, wow. Um, it was so painful. Um, but it was, you know, it was over. It was like, oh my God, that's the most intense pain I've ever felt in my life. And then it was done. Um, and then I think my head, the side of my head was really gnarly. People told me that it wasn't that bad, but it was horrible for me. Um, what about I the neck? I feel like the neck, the neck hurt. The neck hurt, yeah. but I was like, it was my first like <clears throat> gnarly tattoo. You know, it was like, okay, I'm gonna, I quit my day job. Like I'm going to tap my neck and like, we're doing this shit. <laughs> um, and like all my roommates had gotten their necks tattooed. So I was like, Oh, I gotta get my neck tattooed. Like oh. pussy. And like, so anyways, uh, yeah, it hurt, but it was like, so cool. Like I was like, Oh, it's so cool. Like I was like, let's go. Adrenaline fueled. Like <laughs> this is going to change my life, man. Um, <laughs> did probably. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. I went to the club that night and it was, uh, different. <laughs> It was different. The attention was different. Um, I bet. <laughs> chest hurt in the middle. The mm -hmm. stomach really hurt at the end. So yeah, I'd probably say like stomach, middle of the chest, bottoms of the fingers. You know, the back was actually like surprisingly tough. I could not believe how bad the back hurt. So hmm. there you go. Damn. Oh, shit well i only have one tattoo it's on my neck <laughs> what is, what is it is it one on the back of your neck so you can hide it with your hair yeah and i mean the point wasn't to hide it it was just my mom got the same one so her and oh, i have, cool. are matching it's the meditation symbol it's oh that's cool it's cheesy but yeah Do you meditate i used to a lot like here and there i will you know but i don't as much as i used to but yeah my mom was like on a spiritual journey and so i joined her on that and mm -hmm. My sister got the same tattoo on her wrist and my mom and I got it on our necks. That's so. awesome. I love that. I meditate every day. I love meditation. Yeah. I need to get back on it. Like there's mornings, there's mornings where I'll put like on YouTube, like 10 minute affirmation videos and I'll listen mm. to those and I'll journal. Um, so that's like my meditation, but not like I need to like actually sit down and focus hey, and good. just have, and just do nothing and just be in the moment and not just open up my email right away. Cause I have this really bad oh. tendency of waking up, checking social media, checking my messages, answering everything. And it's just like, not the right way to start my day. I need to get back into just like meditating and journaling. Yeah, I was, I did that for a long time. And now I have like a pretty mellow, get started morning routine. And I've, I've done the artist way the past 12 weeks with, if anybody is like experiencing writer's block or just wants to be a better artist in general and like treat themselves a little more gently or like less critically, or just like raise their overall mindset of like creativity and strengthen that flow. Um, the artist way, like changed my life. I did it the past like three months, two, no, no, four months. It took me 
I'm on the last week this week. And uh, so, yeah, it has you journal three pages every single morning. And it, and it like has been the most transformative process for me as an artist that I think I've ever done. It's, it's actually incredible. It's a lot That's of work. Awesome. It is worth it. So, it's a book, right? Yeah, it's a book. It's very popular. Okay. Because um, I think I saw, I think it was Hayden that posted about it on his story. I think he I tagged you. I put him on. Yep. Oh, wow. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. It's a, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. And essentially, it's just like your inner artist is like a little kid who just yeah. loves music or whatever. And like, you got to be nice to the little kid. Mm-hmm. You nice got to be nice to yourself in general, too. Exactly. I think it applies all around um, the principles, you know, so mm-hmm. cool. there you go. Yeah, definitely. We'll check it out. Cool. Um, right. Our next question, I think it's my turn to ask the question. Um, what has been your favorite performance of your whole career? Another one I get a lot. That's tough. That's a tough one. Um, I think there's some memorable ones like EDC Mexico is always very, very lit. Like, like (laughs) crowd is, is extreme there. Um, that one was definitely the first one, actually both years. But like, I didn't realize how epic it was. Masters of Hardcore for sure was, is up there. Like I can give you a top five because they all have. Yeah, yeah. Masters for sure. Like that was like, just, I don't know. It was just surreal. Like I'm still tripped out that I was there. Um, Okay, I played a Gabba Rave in Poland back in 2019. Gabba Rave. That sounds cool. Um, Dixa Polis. They like travel around Poland and do parties um, in different cities, Krakow, Warclaw, uh, Warsaw, and then somewhere else. Um, I can't remember what the other one is, but I played in Krakow and Krakow is really cool. It's like uh, the thing, Warsaw got bombed really heavily in World War II. So it's kind of a new industrialized city, similar to Rotterdam versus Amsterdam. Um, Rotterdam's got a lot of like, new infrastructure and stuff and doesn't have as much of the like old school Holland appeal that like a place like Amsterdam does because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't bombed. So the same deal with Warsaw and Krakow. Krakow is the old Polish feel. So it was just this beautiful, like just, it was mind blowing for me. It was just so cool. And anyways, they played at four in the morning and I was like, I didn't know really about Europe at this time. And I was like, what? Like four in the morning, are you sure? And they were like, dude, that's the good time. Like, why are you complaining? And I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, they were not wrong. It was the good time um and it was just like insane energy you know the tracks it's the ball mm-hmm. it's like they were like really on some like gather shit yeah um, <laughs> that's good energy yeah and everyone's on like you know pharmaceutical grade amphetamine <laughs> that polish pill the polish, <laughs> the polish speed exactly yep. and it was light when i went on oh the, wow sunrise it was the summer okay so, damn that's crazy yeah so those, those are probably like three of them and like always the wasteland shows in LA mm-hmm. I can't like wasteland EDC this year actually was like pretty epic too this year at EDC when I took the clothes off that was that was one of the ones that was like seeing the stage packed out at 4 30 in the morning because I was nervous about that seeing the stage like completely filled up was like a very like you know I just felt really grateful in yeah. that moment that it was like these people like stayed awake to like come here to like see me and like I just feel extremely grateful that I like get to do this as a career um and so mm-hmm. and That's you so get cool. to take your clothes off I get to take- <laughs> as a career yeah. <laughs> it's, fast it's quite fun actually just another day in the office taking the clothes off okay my turn so what is one country that you want to play in that you haven't yet um you're about to say Russia. Um, <laughs> All right, now you'll get canceled if you say that. Twitter's Russia gonna, was Twitter's gonna yeah, Twitter's just gonna like snag that, and then they're gonna. I know, I know, right? He said Russia. No, it was Russia was on my list, but Russia's sus. So like, we're gonna not go to Russia. Um, I uh, I really want to go play Japan and Korea. Um, I played Japan a while ago, like before I was making hardcore, like just some little stuff. Um, but I would like to do something like actually you know, an actual show in Japan or Seoul. Um, I'm really, really into Korean food um, and just like Korean stuff in general. Like, I really like that, just that vibe. Um, so I would love to do that. Australia was on my bucket list, excuse me. Um, and I'm going in June. So that's another one. Um, 
Yeah, I think like Japan is like Japan and Seoul. I've done China, but Japan and Seoul are like up there. You know, I've done a lot of Western Europe. I think, you know, even maybe, which is like, I was like, oh, I want to keep like going East in Europe. And like, that was sort of the like, you know, Russia, Ukraine right. um, sort of thing. Like I had both of those places. Like I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to DJ in like Ukraine or like, mm-hmm. or, like Belarus or something. Or <laughs> yeah. Moscow, you know, just some place you wouldn't normally go, you know, maybe. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, Japan, Korea, those are probably the, the big boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that Japan, Japan goes pretty ham when it comes to hard style and hardcore oh, yeah. out there. Oh yeah, Japan's cool. Mm-hmm. Two more questions for you. What is your pre-show routine? Oh, good question, actually. Um, so uh, I get, I still get a little nervous because um, I'm just charged up, you know, and I just want to perform well. But what I do actually is I uh, I do some push-ups. Um, I do about like fifty push-ups. Fifty? Um, yeah, fifty Holy to get shit. the blood flowing, get a little pump going, you know. Sheesh. Um, and then I do, and then either before that or after that, just depending on the sequence of things. Um, I usually like take a moment to like ask the universe or like the source or the energy or God, if you want to call it God or whatever, like whatever. I ask the like mm-hmm. higher powers, um, like the energy source, uh, the creative source to help me be of service um, to the crowd, um, to help me to perform the best of my abilities, to give the people who paid their hard earned money to come see me the best performance that I possibly can give in this moment tonight um, and to basically just provide a, a fun experience for these people. Um, and that's like what I do. It's not like, don't help me, please. Like, don't let me fuck up, you know, mm-hmm. or like, oh, help me mix good. You know, it's not about that. It's like, it's about like providing a service um, because that's like what I'm there to do. Um, I love so that. that's like what I ask, you know, I ask to like, to like, I kind of like, it's like, like, help me not be in my own will. You know, it's like, it's not about my will. It's not about me. Like, it's got to be good. And there's got to be a bunch of people so I can get the content and like yeah. fucking rock star shit so I can post and get a million likes. Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, like, it's like push that aside um, and just be there for the crowd and give them an experience that they can, you know, talk about and, and, and enjoy, you know? Yeah. It's also about attracting the energy that you want to receive right? Like, like put out that energy and then you'll get it back too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for us, you know, now that we've been on the back end side of the music industry for like about two years now, over two years. Mm-hmm. And so having worked, you know, on the blog side, but also on the label side with welcome records and, you know, interacting more with artists, I've noticed that when artists go into this with the clout in mind or just like, oh yeah, I'm going to get laid. I'm going to go, you know, get famous and blah, 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 and just go travel the world, but they don't think about adding value to others or giving back. I feel like that's where a lot of, some of these artists fall short and that's why they're not going to make it that far. Or if they do, they just have a, a little peak, but then they die down. It's like, yeah. if you just go in with that mindset, I feel like why even be in the industry if you're not really in it for the music and also giving back to these artists who are supporting you with their hard earned money or are staying loyal to you. So I think it's good to have that different mindset of like going into it, not expecting to make money right away, just adding as much value as you can. The money will come. The returns will come. I, I really like how you put that too, like just add value. And that's what, you know, to, to, to what we were talking about earlier with like, you know, people on Twitter trying to like, you know, I don't know, ruin people's lives and shit. Um, uh, you know, it's like, is that adding value to the world? Is that like bringing positive, anything positive to the world? Because negativity begets negativity. And so for me, it's always been about that. And I, I really couldn't have put it better. It's like, you know, I'm going to make like stupid, funny jokes because they make people laugh, you know? Like I'm going to like take off mm-hmm. my clothes because it's funny and it's fun. Yeah, you know? it brightens like, people's days. Yeah, and it's like, you're, you're so right. Just like add value to the industry. Add value to, yeah. to music and, and do it for do it for the music. Because people like hardcore. There's a lot of people in America who like hardcore who don't get hardcore shows. Because guess what? There's not many hardcore artists that can sell tickets. Yeah. So promoters who are promoters, their life, their like well-being depends upon money, which is ticket sales. Um, they have a hard time with it. 
you know? And it's not about a scene, it's not about that, it's about artists being able to come through their cities and sell tickets. Um, and so like, that's a thing for me that it's like, okay, well, like, I'm gonna like, try to get bigger, obviously, try to get clout, try to do these things to grow because those are necessary aspects of growth. And, and those are the byproducts of, of, you know, working hard and having people enjoy your music. But um, it's, it's ultimately not about that, that it's, it's really about like providing the service, providing the music to a larger and larger amount of people. And the reality of being able to provide that service of hardcore and music to a larger and larger audience is that you have to be able to sell tickets. And in order to sell tickets, you have to be popular. And in order to be popular, you have to have good content and you have to grow the brand and you have to have upward mobility within the industry and keep growing and making moves and blah, 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 blah. So you have to play the game, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think, a lot, I don't think a lot of people understand that, um, especially in art bands. Mm -hmm. A lot of artists are like, well, but there should be a scene. Duh, what's the scene? And I'm like, dude, it's not about the scene, bro. Partially, it. I like that. That's cool. It's cool that we've kind of been able to talk about like some real shit too in the last hour, like what motivates us, what fulfills us. Like those are the conversations we love to have. So, really, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. a straight shooter. Call it like it is. You know, it's like there's a reality to the music industry and there's reality to like what this stuff is. You know, and a lot of people don't want to look. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to look at it because it's it sucks. I wish it was about the music. I wish it was only about the music, but it's not. So, yeah, it's a lot of politics too in the back end. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, anyways. Anyways. Yeah. Well, we want to keep growing the, the hard dance scene. So yeah, we know yeah. a few uh, American hard dance artists that we're trying to grow and throw some shows. It'd be cool if we all got together and mm -hmm. did a show out here in Denver or LA somewhere. Uh, but I feel like it's slowly growing out here in Denver. Aren't you planning oh. on coming back soon? Yeah, uh, the show I did in Denver went well. So I would imagine that we're going to do something again. The promoters were stoked. Um, so I'm, I'm sure Denver, I, I, have, I keep having these like holds in my schedule for Denver. Yeah. They keep getting moved around and like it's a scheduling thing with me like and stuff. So eventually it'll like work itself out. And I don't mind waiting because mm -hmm. like if things go according to plan, um, you know, we'll just continue to grow and we'll be able to do something even more impactful. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. We'll Can't wait. All right. Uh, one last question in the lightning round. Uh, do you drink pre-workout? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, all right. Drink. Well, what flavor? Drink, abuse? Um, I don't know. Nor you know. Boof? <laughs> yeah. Boof the pre-workout? Yeah. Um, pre-workout suppositories. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I usually use GAT, G-A-T, um, GAT Nutrition. Uh, I like it. It's clean. It's affordable. It's got a good pump and it's got a lot of caffeine. I like the like high stem. Like I want to feel my face on fire. Um, that like, tingly feeling off oh, the pre-workout. Absolutely love it. We all know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no turning back. You do, you take mm -hmm. the pre-workout, you have to go to the gym. You have to. Oh yeah. Um, so I like, I like GAD. I've done a lot of different, different ones too, you know, but like GAD's kind of like my old faithful. Um, they make a, a version called GAD Burn. It sort of has like some like thermodynamic thermogenesis thermodynamic uh properties it just makes you sweat a little more it makes you hot mm -hmm. um get more out of that workout yeah and they're like spicy they're like mexican candy flavors. they're like what? spicy mexican candy that's cool yeah it's like spicy it's actually like kind of hot um and i'm a big fan of mexican candy so hell yeah like yeah burn and then i get all sweaty and i'm just like it's like is it hot in you guys yeah. um <laughs> Yeah. yeah i'm gonna be chugging some pre-workout after this i know i'm eyeing it right now well Ugh. yeah <laughs> pop a cialis you get a really good pump all right noted oh. <laughs> i have to find a cialis first Pro tips. <laughs> Texas. Take a cialis. No, that's actually really common a lot of dudes in the gym are on cialis. Huh. interesting Rath, where I'm are you? Yeah, Rath, Joe. <laughs> oh, Joe will confirm that one. Big will he? Okay, oh, for yeah. the record, we'll yeah. be like, oh yeah, He's, oh yeah. I don't do it. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Only half of Viagra before the show, though. That was a one time. Okay, <laughs> listen. I got laid that night, so the Viagra. Oh. It worked. It oh. worked out. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out perfectly for me. <laughs> Good timing. Yeah, you know. 
Well, do you have any final words that you'd like to say to everyone who is possibly listening? Um, yeah, you know, anybody who's out here who's, you know, streaming my music, who's, uh, you know, supporting me in any sort of capacity, like, thank you. Um, I'm extremely grateful to you. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep putting out a lot of music and we're going to keep playing as many shows as we can. And we're going to keep trying to, you know, bring this uh, hard dance sound to, to the largest audience that we possibly can, the most cities we possibly can. We're going to, you know, take this music and um, we're going to do some cool things with it and, you know, keep an eye out. I got my techno record coming out. We got a lot of hard dance music that's going to start dropping some big collabs, big remixes. And, uh, but yeah, mostly just like, thank you. It's really just like, I am filled with gratitude on a daily basis. Um, and I feel extremely fortunate and extremely lucky to be in the position that I'm in. Um, and given that, like, I'm going to continue to work extremely hard and I'm going to continue to like do what I can for hard style and hardcore. Um, and all hard dance genres in between and medium in general mm-hmm. yes let's grow the hard dance scene in america like that's now. the goal <laughs>